Hello. Hello, I'm Heather. And I'm Ferg, and we are new old friends. Welcome back to episode four of Crimes on Centre Court. I mean, Fred does much better tennis noises than we do. Yeah. Uh, oh, so what happened? What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? Oh yes. Oh, we lost Owen Owens. Owen Owens is gone. Poor, poor Welsh Owen Owens impaled oh. on a pole. Yeah, that does hurt. I've heard. Yeah, no. never happened to me. Bad, sad times. Bad, sad times. But uh, yes, uh, this episode does contain some clues. Keep your eyes peeled. Well, they, they can't see it, Heather. I know. Yeah, keep your ears. Keep. Peel keep, your ears. Keep peeled. <laughs> yeah, peel everything and enjoy the episode. Here we go. SW19 rectangles of green, but now is blackened with dark force. The tournament's stalling, the umpire's falling, more death on the course. No one saw his plummet from his high chest summit. Paul Owen won't be coming back anytime soon. Oh, what a do, body number two, death claimed another soul. Because of their age, the cops turn the page, both corpses are quite ill. Our pending girl is a girl of the world, does she sniff no good? Something she's learned, has her head been turned by Hugh and his fancy food? If you know this show's history, it's a murder mystery, more might end up dead. Everyone was milling around the bar area. Most of the players not really able to make the most of the free drinks on offer. But Ivan and Helmet were making up for the lack of enthusiasm amongst the others. Vodka! Schnapps! The cleaner had been pressed into bar service with Wendy and was struggling to keep up in her floral tabard. She didn't look thrilled at the unexpected post-lunch rush. Her lips were grimly clasped around a dog-eared cigarette and she kept rearranging her headscarf with a scowl. I must have been staring at her because a small voice from my hip piped up. It was Wayne Weaver. That's Gwen. Gwen? Is she Welsh too? She's not related to Owen, is she? Nah, don't know where Gwen's from. She don't say much, really. But Owen didn't have any family or nothing. I see. Well, except me and Mum. I didn't know you were related. Not by blood, maybe. But he was family all the same. That's what he used to say to me, any road. Family. But now he's dead, isn't he? Spiked himself on the net post. I'm so sorry, Wayne. It's not fair, Miss Pink. It's not bloody fair. Owen was all right. He didn't deserve something like that to happen to him. I know. You're right, Wayne. You're right. The poor little mite's face was twisted in a desperate effort to maintain his composure. I could tell he was embarrassed to show his emotions in the crowd, so suggested we step outside and he share some memories of Owen. He was a good man, Miss Pink. I had a key to his gaff and I'd go around and he'd teach me stuff. He was like a father to me, I suppose. I see. Do you mind if I ask what happened to your actual father, Wayne? He's dead and all. I don't really remember him. I was only tiny when he died. Here was another death associated with Wombledon. Even if it was a few years ago, I thought it best to find out the facts. Can you tell me how he died? He was chatting to Mum over his shoulder as he crossed the street, not looking where he was going, and a bus came. Oh gosh, did it hit him? Nah, just missed. So what happened? You know what they say about buses. Second one got him. Oh, I'm so sorry, Wayne. That's awful. I suppose it's a bit like Lord Knows and Hugh, really. I wasn't that sad because I never really knew him. But I'll miss Owen. I'm sure you will. Did you say Lord Hugh wasn't sad when his father died? 
oh, I didn't mean nothing by it. It's just something he said when he first came back from Monte Carlo. Lord Hugh spent his childhood in boarding schools and all the rest of that poshmuck, so him and Lord Knows weren't exactly close. Not like him and Digby. Digby? Fred Digby? I didn't know Lord Hugh and Digby were close. They're not. I'm talking about the old Lord Knows. He used to say Digby was like the son he never had, which was a bit harsh-like, considering he had a son. I see. Well, people don't always think about the things they say, Wayne. I'm sure his lordship loved his son deeply. If you say so. Thanks for chatting, Miss Pink. You're okay, you. I feel a bit better about Owen there. Took my mind off it, like. I'm pleased I could help. I'd probably feel even better if I could afford to get myself some sweets or something, too. The boy was definitely feeling better. He was looking from me to my purse with wide, endearing eyes. The emotions of the young are elastic, and the thought of a gobstopper had perked him right up. I handed over a small amount of change and he dashed off with a quick thank you. As I watched his little legs in their grey shorts pumping their way out of the grand entranceway gates towards the shops, I was joined on the pathway by Perry. Hello, Penny girl. Everything all right with the whippersnapper? Just sad about his friend, but not so sad he didn't touch me for a bag of sweets. Can't blame the lad, I suppose. No, I suppose not. What are you doing out here? I thought you wanted to stay and enjoy the evening with your new friends. Well, it is appealing, but I thought you'd want to know something I just found out ASAP. Plus, my first match is the day after tomorrow. Let them have all the late nights and I'll get some rest in. (laughs) Are you happy to drive me home or do you need to say goodbye to Hugh? I didn't respond to his wheedling question and simply strode off towards where I'd parked the car. So what have you found out that dragged you away early then? Well, I was in the bar talking with Ivan about how to get more kick out of my second serve. Apparently, if I just angle my racket head around at 30 degrees from the sideline, then I Perry! Can... Not what you meant, of course. Sorry. Well, I found something out about one of my fellow competitors which might put some new light on the case. If it is a case. Uh, I'm not really convinced about it, to be honest. Me neither. But we've got a job to do. Couldn't agree more. Which is why I wanted to share this little tidbit about Digby with you. Digby? I just learned something about a special relationship he had. With who? Lord knows. You must know. Don't start, Perry. Sorry, couldn't resist. Try harder. Anyway, what did you find out? Well, I was in the bar. I was impressed with you today, Mr. Pink. Oh, Mrs. Sampson, call me Perry, please. (laughs) Only if you call me Jean. Jean? Thank you. Yes, yes, I was quite happy with the work on the court today before the, um, well, you know... Oh, God, don't remind me. I feel terrible about that scene we caused. Imagine, the last thing I said to the poor old guy was, You're gonna get what's coming to you! I'm surprised the police didn't question me. Oh, I shouldn't think anyone would think any more than you're just a passionate player. I am, Perry. I am. Passion is so important, don't you think? Perry, is there a point to this story, or are you just keen for me to know you were flirting with Jean Sampson, a married woman? Flirting? I don't think we were flirting. Is that flirting? I don't think it was flirting. I'm not sure I even know how to flirt. You didn't think you knew how to play tennis either, but you're picking that up pretty quickly. Why was I snapping at Perry? He was free to talk to whoever he liked, however he liked. It was none of my business. I think I was probably just frustrated that I couldn't quite make sense of the case yet. Yes. Yes, that's what it probably was. Sorry, you can carry on with your story, please. Of course. Anyway, I was chatting with Jean, Mrs. Sampson, and then her husband, John, came over. Pink! I hope you're not trying to get my wife to give up any secrets, are you? They're hardly secrets, John. 
What secrets? Why would I be looking for secrets? On the way I play? Haven't you seen the draw? We're playing each other in the first round. Oh, those secrets. Of course, those secrets, honey. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about anything. I'm going to powder my nose. See you around, Mr. Pink. Yes, lovely chatting with you, Jean. I hope she didn't embarrass herself with any stories about, um... She was perfectly pleasant. <laughs> Why? What stories? Oh, nothing, nothing. She just gets carried away sometimes. Anyway, Pink, good luck. Yes, thank you. You too. Okay, so there's something odd going on between the Sampsons, but that's hardly unusual for a married couple. What does it have to do with Digby? I'm getting to that. After John sauntered back over the chat with Ingrid, Hugh and Notter, I took a look around the bar. Well, looking for you, actually, Penny Girl, as it goes, but I couldn't see you. I did spot Digby, though, all alone, off to one side, staring sadly at the bottom of his pint. I was about to head over when... I felt a strong hand on my arm. It was Wendy tugging me back towards the bar. Leave him be, Mr Pink. But he looks so sad. And he is. But best just leave him alone. He's got plenty of thinking to do. Owen's death coming so soon after he lost Lord Knows will be hard on him. Was he close with Owen? A little. But it was his lordship, God rest him, that Digby will be mourning most. Now they were close. Well, there's a coincidence, Perry. I found out about Digby and Lord Knows' close relationship this afternoon, too. So you already know about the will? The will? Ah. According to Mrs Weaver, Digby and the departed Lord were so close, there's a rumour the old man changed his will to leave the club and the tournament to Digby rather than Hugh. Or that he planned to, at any rate. Does Hugh know? You'd know better about that than me. It would provide some sort of motive. For who? It's not like the old boy was going to be around for very much longer, so whatever's in the will wouldn't have had long until it came into effect. Why don't they know what's in the will already? Apparently there's some codicil about any reading taking place after the championship in the year he died. I see. This was new and interesting information. What if Digby knew or thought Lord Nose had changed his will and didn't want him changing it back? Or of course Hugh could have heard somehow about his father's thinking and got to him before he made the changes. Or is there even a third option, where Digby isn't listed as the full beneficiary, but added as a fallback if something should happen to Hugh? Something like a falling beam? Hmm. Penny, you just missed our turning! Love, 50, love, 30, love, 40, love, game, love, 15, love, 30, love, 40, love, game, love, 15, love, 30, love, 40, love, game. The game is a foot. Perry's fighting fatigue, but there's intrigue. Will the wheel flatter to deceive? We trust Pen, but then again, can she think surrounded by all these men? Love, 50, love, 30, love, 40, love, game, love, 50, love, 30, love, 40, love, game, love, 15, love, 30, love, 40, love, game. The game is afoot, and as for Perry, well he's getting very caught up in the game. But will his distraction cause inaction? Love, 15 love, 30 love, 40 love, game. Don't take your eye off the ball. Hello? Is this on? It is? Yeah. Ah. Uh. Last night after I'd got home from dropping Perry off... Thanks for the lift. I'm going to have a hearty pasta dinner. They call it carb loading, apparently. Ivan says it'll be good for me. I got a telephone call from Hugh. He and Wendy were making contact with everyone involved with the competition and asked us all to gather early the next morning back at Wombledon. 
He said he couldn't exactly tell me what the meeting was about, but told me not to involve the press. It was to be kept hush-hush and on the QT, apparently. So here we all were, crammed into the wood-panelled conference room with the curtains still closed. All the players were here, Wendy and Hugh, of course, little Wayne sleepily rubbing his eyes, and even Gwen the cleaner come barmaid. Great. Um, well, you know, uh, thank you all for meeting with us this morning. I, we, uh, that is to say, uh, we, Wombledon Tennis Club as a whole, you know, well... Get on with it! Yes, today is last practice day. Time is tight. My hamstrings are tight. Quiet, Nota. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, OK, here's the thing. Look, we're all very sad about the loss of Owen and Lord Knows. And the reason Lord Hugh and I have called you all here is to discuss the best way forward. What are you meaning, Vendy Viva? What I'm meaning, Ingrid, is whether or not the tournament should go ahead. Everyone in the room was startled. There was much opening and closing of mouths in shock. It was clear looking at the faces of the players, and I include Perry in that group by this point. They wanted the tournament to carry on as planned, but nobody wanted to be the one to say it. Eventually, Digby stood up slowly and all eyes turned to him, unsure of what he was going to say. Well, look here. I mean, I say and all that. Uh, I don't want it to come over too rum or anything, but... Hugh, I loved your father like a father, and I was dash fond of old Owen as well. But your father loved this game and loved this tournament more than anything in the world. His family excluded, of course. I saw Hugh's eyes flush with emotion for a second. It was either hurt or rage. Both, perhaps. But he swallowed it down and replied... Of course. And I think... I think that we should bally well carry on and play it in his honour. I think it's what he would have wanted. And when a person dies, the best way one honours them is to do what one knows they would have wanted. Wouldn't you say? I didn't know how many others in the room knew about the rumours concerning Lord Knows's will, but to my mind there was a pretty strong subtext to what Digby had just said. Hugh looked a tiny bit broken by Digby's speech. What do the rest of you think? Shall we continue with the tournament? Oh, yes. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. On it goes. But we'll be insisting on the wearing of black armbands in memory. Is that one or two? Right. Two, I suppose. Excellent. I can wear them on my biceps. Well, I'm sure you'll be very keen to get on with the final day of practice before we begin. Meeting adjourned. Everyone sidled out of the room quietly. As they passed Lord Hugh, most nodded, patted him on the shoulder, and a few offered a kindly word in his ear. I still wasn't quite sure about exactly what I thought about everything I was learning, so took a stroll around the practice grounds to think it over. There's definitely some intrigue between Digby and Hugh in relation to the late Lord Knows's will. But enough to kill over? Also, Hugh had been in Monte Carlo gambling when his father died, so surely couldn't have been party to his death, could he? Unless he had an accomplice. <laughs> I distracted myself by watching Perry warming up by exchanging rallies with Gene Sampson. At the end of one point at the net, Perry obviously said something hilarious because Jean threw her head back in a fit of laughter and leant over the net to slap Perry's chest. The sight didn't bother me at all, but it did make me wonder where Jean's husband was. I thought I'd seen him heading for one of the old practice courts way off at the edge of the club. It was barely used and had a high hedge grown up around it. As I approached, I could hear the sounds of effort I got used to hearing around the courts. When I was about 20 yards from the gate, I tripped on a tuft of grass on the overgrown pathway and fell. Ah! Who 
Penny Pink, are you okay? That was quite a fall you had there, girl. Here, let me help you up. The pair of them must have been having quite the rally, because both were flushed in the face. I thanked them as they lifted me to my feet and helped me to the clubhouse. But as I looked back through the open gate, I couldn't see any sight of a ball, or rackets for that matter. But I put it out of my mind. The case had given me bigger issues to focus on. Oh, right. Did you did you spot out those... Uh, Holy guacamole! The mole has been guacked. Wow. Uh, yes, spotting all the clues. Are you keeping a notebook did like Jenny them? from uh, Gogglebox when she watches Line of Duty? <laughs> uh, we would love to hear your theories. We reckon episode four is about time we could be theory out some theories yeah. of who done it. Something going on at the end there, isn't yeah. there? So hit us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter at New Old Friends. On Instagram at New Old Friends. And at Facebook New Old Friends Theatre. I know, we couldn't Just get. to finish yeah. it a bit differently. Anyway, uh, big love to all of you and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Crimes on Centre Court is part of Comedy Who Done It's For Your Ears and New Old Friends production. This series is made possible by the support of Arts Council England. It was written by Fergus Woods Donald with sound and music from Fred Riding and featured the voices of Fergus Woods Donald, Fred Riding and Heather Westwell. If you would like to learn more about the company, including dates for live theatre shows, visit newoldfriends.co.uk. Listener.